Hello and welcome to <laughs> BakaCast episode. Hello, if I know. It, I'll I'll just awkwardly edit in the actual episode number at the start. We do a funny robot voice thing because I I can't remember anymore. It's episode three seventy six, dumbass. I am your very forgetful host, Dustin, and with me today is Larry. Forgetful? No, I'm not forgetful, but uh, it can warm up. There was no fall. It went straight from hot to very cold and snowy. And Ben. Got a lot of rain this week. Much like... Yeah, so did, so did we, actually. It's weird that Arizona got so much. Actually, um, actually and... last, night, we, last night I got flash flood warnings. Oh, nice. I bet your phone just went insane uh, um, yeah I had I had to miss I had to miss D&D last night because uh, I'm not gonna I'm not going out in the middle of a flood zone <laughs> thank you very much uh, need to get that water walk spell um, and sitting in here in the background somewhere is Aaron probably playing Smash Brothers no I'm trying to uh trying to get IRC to work. Unfortunately, my VPN is blacklisted, so I'll have to do something ah. about that. <laughs> mm. TMI. Okay, that's pretty funny. TMI in edit. Uh, in case you're wondering why the hell Aaron is using MIRC right now, he is attempting to f- find the original airing of the first episode of Kissdom. <clears throat> which... We learned about today. Yes. But it's not relevant. So. At least not for the moment. As always, you can find show notes at www.audioentropy.com. Or if it's actually working again by the time this episode gets edited and posted, perhaps projecttarahi.net. Though apparently our WordPress plugins are all rebelling against us. Yeah, da, 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 da. Good times. Uh, oh, I WordPress. Love, I um, love being a web administrator. <laughs> okay, shall we do something the, intelligent? The, the least frustrating of jobs, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> we are talking about FLCL Alternative and um, the movie A Silent Voice. Let's begin with FLCL Alternative, which... I will say this for alternative. I like the main cast a lot more. And Haruka Haru is not nearly as big of an asshole as she was in Progressive. Um, honestly, I did like alternative mostly. Um I thought it was better than Progressive, though not quite as good as the original. But I did enjoy myself. Um, but before sort of digging deep into it, what were your overall impressions? Um, well, yeah, I think the... I had a problem. I had problems with the alternative. And, I mean, I liked the characters... And I actually, I really like this treatment of Haruko as, like, for once, not a complete, not a villainous character. And 
actually sort of trying to be helpful in her weird way. Yeah, she was less a straight-up villain in this one and more just, like, a trickster deity. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's still kind of an asshole, but, like, sometimes she's doing that for your own good. She's much more of a coyote-esque figure. Yeah, and... But the thing about the, the thing about the alternative that bugged me was, I think, the, like, 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 most of each episode was devoted to these kind of slice-of-life bits, which were kind of cool, but I didn't, I didn't, I, uh, had a, I didn't like the way, I, I thought they were very poorly integrated with the, like, weird sci-fi plot stuff. Yeah, it was it was interesting because on the one hand they did have a lot of like really grounded slice of life things that I did enjoy like quite a bit. Yeah. I think it, they were really solid slice of life episodes. Um but also they go hard into the world building even more so than progressive does. Um and it, it doesn't always gel the two correctly. It's like there's two competing storylines going on. Yeah. And despite them putting a lot more focus and spelling out more of the sci-fi stuff, I feel like I have less of a grasp of what's going on. <laughs> Which yeah, well, probably isn't a great sign. Well, the thing about it is, is that it, like... Like all the sci-fi stuff, it—I mean, a lot of it is uh, a lot of it's in the background, uh, you know. Yeah. Because you, you got bits, because you got bits where they have, you know, like all this like news commentary on the TV, you know, when they're like watching TV, and there's like this news commentary where like the the prime minister is fielding questions at press conferences and. Uh, the worst prime minister ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. actually, actually, almost a typical politician. The minute things get looking bad, off to Mars we go. Yeah, and yeah, and and yeah. One of the uh, like interesting background details is that like it seems that space development is much more advanced in this world. Yeah, like they mentioned, just straight up going to Mars, which was not a thing that progressive or the original flcl ever implied like there was still sci-fi bullshit going on but at no point did it feel like the normal people of that world were really involved in it it was mostly something that was happening to the earth uh, right. whereas alternative posits that at least at this point in the timeline or in this universe who knows exactly how the flcl series works exactly it honestly doesn't really matter uh but yeah it's implied that this earth like they do have some limited understanding of space and the weird stuff that uh haruka and the other members of and like the what medical mechanica gets up to because, like, that one dude who's just, like, a government dude talks about, um, god, what is it? The teleportation via 
human emotion uh, that's, or psyche. That's N-O. N-O, yes. Yeah, which should... There are parts of the exposition that felt a lot like Evangelion and not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think Alternative very much... Like, that plot line is messy and kind of doesn't matter. And what I like about Alternative relies almost entirely on the strength of the four main girls and their interactions with each other and how every episode is a deep dive into their personal issues with Kana's own issue kind of being the like overarching thing that affects all of them that that like affects all the previous episodes um because that that is easily the strongest part of this particular season yeah um also one thing i appreciate is how good of a character mosan is because when she shows up i'm like oh boy here comes the fat joke character Mm -mm. but really they don't do that like occasionally they'll make jokes about overeating but it's mostly just about overeating and not like making fun of her body type uh and the show consistently shows her to be one of the most level-headed of the group and like least and has like doesn't have her head in the clouds and is just a super motivated and driven person. Um, yeah, she's a she's a. I mean, she is really confident, and it's kind of awesome. Yeah, and she has a lot of good jokes too. Like she she gets some of the best lines, I think. Um, and by the end of the series, like Mosan was like probably my favorite. Closely tied with Hiji, uh, with Hijiri, yeah, is also really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know, uh, Larry. Do you want to uh, say something? Because I feel like I've been dominating the conversation that's, so far. It's okay. Uh, yeah, kind of poor Kana. She tries and she tries and she tries. And her life was fine until Haruko slammed her with a guitar. Oh, wait a minute. We've seen this before. Just the last time it was yeah. a guy. Uh, what? What's interesting with Kana is that her problem is kind of the opposite that our previous two protagonists Naoto. have had. Because, yeah. yeah, both Naoto and... Um, Hidomi. Hido- Hidomi. Where they were more, well, I wouldn't necessarily call Naoto antisocial, but he didn't really care about being popular. Um, whereas, like, Kana's issue is very rooted in socializing and wanting to be loved and wanting to be needed. And desperate to make sure that she is considered useful 
um, which is a very different perspective than from the previous two leads. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, what, what sets this iteration of Fully Cooley apart is that it's not just about one person's coming of age, it's about the relationships uh, among an ensemble. Yeah. I mean, you know, because, and... like, the heart of this show is the friendship between these four girls. Yeah, and I think that's really clever because ultimately the sort of overarching message of the show and the reason why they made it an ensemble cast is to make a point about how like your world is going to change no matter what you do and like you can't there are some things you can't control and there's some things you can't keep together uh and uh hold on a second I didn't even hear it. Like, I didn't get rings. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's ultimately about uh, control. Uh, not being able to control, like, the changes that happen in your life and people are going to move on. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't stay together um but also it means that like you have to accept that those dynamics are going to be different at some point uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah yeah and so yeah one thing yeah was sort of interesting is yeah it had uh like yeah, because at the end of episode five, it had one of the four girls, uh, Pets, uh, has her moving away. Uh, and it has her watch. moving away, and I sort of admire that it's the show, at the end, it stuck to the, they stuck to their guns and didn't bring her back. They had, yeah. she, she moved away, and she was gonna stay moved away. And, uh, you know, and Kana, Kana had to deal with that. Um, I'm also a big fan of like the the fight scenes in this show in this particular season. Um, they were they were pretty good in Progressive as well, but I really like them in Alternative. I'm not really sure if i can articulate why i like them more i think because i think part of it is because i could actually root for haruka this time yeah right <laughs> instead of feeling bad whenever she did anything well yeah well because right because thing is is that she's more she's like on the side of the heroes and she is genuinely challenged by all the robots that she goes up against and like there's you know she just can't like she uh, she can't beat down, uh, you know. She uh, she like in because in previous in previous iterations, you know, when she brings out she when she busts out the guitar, she can just like crush anything it touches. Uh, but uh, in this one, you know, she keeps on like you know wailing on them 
wailing on them with their guitar, and sometimes they just keep hitting her back. Yeah. Um, I also just like how, uh, in this one, like, a lot of Haruka's plan sort of, like, she gets surprised in this one sometimes. Uh, things don't always work out like she thinks they will. Um, but also, like, what what's interesting is that she does a very similar thing in episode four, Pitapat, like she did in the previous FLCL season where she seduces the uh, male lead that the um, female lead likes, or at least attempts to. Attempts to. Um, I like the attempts to. Right, yeah, she's like, she's like, yeah, she's like putting the moves on this guy, putting the moves on this guy who's, yeah, he's just, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's like, and, I... and, and, you know, and mainly, mainly because she's doing it to try and provoke, uh, to try and provoke Kana into activating her NO powers. Uh, yeah. And, and also, and I think it works better than it did in Progressive, because I really did not like that episode in Progressive. I feel it works better here, because Kana in particular is, well, she's childish. Like, that's one of the, that's one of the points of the show, is that um, Kana is in very infrequently honest with herself or with other people. Um, and that is hurting her ability to actually, like, uh, grow as a person. Um, and so it feels less mean-spirited here because, yeah, sure, like, Haruka wants her to unleash her NO power. But also in order to do that, like, Haruka also knows she's basically... Haruka is also intentionally doing it because she knows that Kana without some sort of uh, push would just continue to like stew in a stew in her own hesitation. And ultimately it turns out like she doesn't really care about that guy anyway, as a neat little twist. (laughs) She's, she actually loves pets. And pets, which is what we find out in episode six. And pets does care for her. Yeah. Yeah, the swapping um, of the hair bows things. One thing I will say about episode six, as much as I like that finale sequence where she confesses her love for pets, I sort of wish that I sort of wish their relationship was established a little better because. In my head, that it seems clear to me that they're going for like, like love as in they are lesbians, but in there's not quite enough there that it could be ambiguous, and I kind of just wish it wasn't. <laughs> uh, right. That that is that is one thing that. I feel the show didn't necessarily devote enough time to was establishing Kana's relationship with 
her friends. Because I feel their interactions were down really well, but Kana herself felt like it seemed like she's the one who brought them all together. But I would have liked to know how. Like, why do the, why do all of these people who seem more put together than Kana hang out with Kana? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I wish uh, we would have gotten more of instead of sort of some of the sci-fi world building. Well, I think. Well, actually, I think I think the reason is that Tana sort of brings a kind of you know creative energy to this uh, to this group. I mean, like, yeah, because like in the first episode, in the first episode, they're like putting a they're they're putting a model rocket together. Yeah. You know, I did really like that where they're all going nuts and Mosan's like, "Please keep it together. We have to get organized." <laughs> uh, but right, yeah. So like, yeah. So this show is kind of, yeah. As I said, the the big problem with this show is that there's like a really yeah there's there's like a really great slice of life drama. Or, you know, comedy drama thing. And there's, you know, also, you know, a decent, a decent sci-fi, a decent sci-fi story in there. But the way they come together doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's two shows kind of jammed together awkwardly. (laughs) Um... I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, uh, Because even with that awkwardness, I still really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I would say I enjoyed it more than Progressive. Well, I, I can give it a four, too. Uh, the uh, the uh, one where the massive amounts of Conte fell out of the sky brought back some fonder memories. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so now that we've finally finished uh, taking care of FLCL for the foreseeable future, uh, yeah, let's talk let's, about the... Don't worry about the movies, they're just rehashes of these six <laughs> episodes we just saw. Just saying. Uh, let, let's talk about the uh, recent KyoAni movie, A Silent Voice, uh, which sort of a core premise is about a... Um, I'm going to need to look up this uh, Wikipedia article so I can remember everybody's names because otherwise I, this I know is not going to work. I know, these character, I know who these characters are. The main guy is Shoya. And yeah, the main... so Shoya, who is sort of like, uh, is introduced as the, a bully, um, a really mean bully, actually. Uh, so for the first part of it introduces him and how he initially interacts with uh, the female lead, uh, Nishimiya, uh, who is deaf. Shoko, um, yeah. Yeah, as well as some of uh, Shoya's classmates who also engage in bullying, though Shoya definitely uh, takes it much farther than most of the others uh, and sort of ruins this 
poor girl's chances at this particular school. She has to move somewhere else. And they later meet up in high school, I believe. Yep. Yeah. They're, uh... Um, uh, with, sort of, after Shoya engage, after Shoya sort of, uh, gets hit by his own string of, you know, bullying and social neglect, social ostracization, ostracization, there we go, that's the pronunciation I was looking for. Or what goes around Um, comes around. Yeah, basically, and sort of, uh, from there, the core of the story is about Shoya trying to, uh, pick up the pick up the pieces and uh sort of fix what he feels he's responsible for breaking and to bring everybody together again um and it comes with ups and downs and mixed successes uh and if that sounds like a very melodramatic plot to you it's because it is but also it's extremely good (laughs) yeah well, the thing is, is that I originally read the manga for this, and same uh, here. You know, and yeah, the manga was great. And, and the thing is, is like this is like a heavy story, and it was serialized in a shonen magazine. Yeah, it is. Like the very first scene. Well, I should say the very first sequence um, is Shoya. Uh, doing all these things to get ready to commit suicide. Yep. Uh, and that's the first thing the show does. Um, and that comes back later on um, in a particularly dramatic scene. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it, it is very much a show about how the bullied can themselves become bullies and vice versa and how it's very is very much a um it's a continuous cycle of pain um if you're not careful uh uh and is also just about self-worth as well and one of the things that I found interesting about this movie is that while there is clearly a sort of love subplot with uh, Shoya and Shoko, um, and there's there are some brief scenes that sort of focus on that, ultimately the the conclusion is not about, you know, will they, won't they get together, because that's kind of a foregone conclusion. Uh, at least by the end of the movie. The real question and the real conflict is whether or not Shoya and Shoko by the end will be able to love themselves, which is a much harder thing to do. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was just really impressed by this like not only you know by the animation because uh, let's get this out of the way it is beautiful as you might expect from a movie made by Kyoani um, Kyoani in top form yeah uh, but also just like the writing is real good as well um, a lot of times with melodramas like this I'll add there are 
be points where I get distracted, I get a little bored, maybe I'll look away, do something else, you know, come back when things start to look interesting. That did not happen with this movie. And there were actually times where I, you know, did get distracted for other reasons and went back and like paused or rewound just to, you know, make sure I didn't miss things because the dialogue was fantastic. Um, and it's directed so well. Uh, and I just love, I love the editing in it. Um, I also just really like how it plays with the timeline at the beginning where you see Shoya, you know, as a high schooler about to commit suicide. It then flashes back to the escalation in elementary school before then going back to uh, Shoya coming home and getting scolded by his mother. Um, and also just all the characters are really delightful and engaging. Um, especially God, uh, Tomohiro. <laughs> uh, the guy with like, I, I feel bad because initially when I saw his hairstyle, I was like, Oh God, it's Mineta. <laughs> um, but no, Tomohiro is a much, much better boy than Mineta is. And his hair um, is green. Yeah. Yeah. And he just has, he has such a like adorable friendship with Shoya and is just so protective. Um, All right. So, okay. Bit of knowledge. Uh, fun fact. The director of this movie also directed K-On! Huh. Uh, okay. Let's see. And she did... Looking, uh, so, uh, yeah, she, I mean, she, yeah, she's like a Kyo-Annie, you know, Kyo-Annie hand of long-standing, so, like, she worked on, you know, she did various things on, like, all the all these other shows, but uh, the main things that she directed... Were uh, K-On, uh, Tomiko Market, and Tomiko Love Story. That makes sense, because, like, my main issue with K-On, and it has always been my main issue, is is with the writing and how kind of shallow it could feel. Um, but one thing K-On did do well is it did have good direction. Like, it was a highly technically competent show. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was mostly the plot that I took issue with. So, having her directing a material that does have a lot of depth and just really good dialogue um, sort of enhances what she's already good at. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Aaron, you, I, I don't believe you watched the movie adaptation, did you? I didn't. I I've read the manga, but not the uh, movie. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, yeah. What was interesting? It, yeah. The way the uh, the way that I mean, because the manga was like, yeah, you know, because the manga was like way longer. Uh, but and the movie was very good about you know basically distilling the essence of the manga. So does the manga go on after the final scene of the movie? Not really. The thing about the manga okay. is that it's got this, it has this, like, extended subplot 
uh, which the movie completely cuts out about this, like, film club or whatever. Uh, and I think the movie was right to cut it out because, I mean, okay, it was okay. It was fine in the manga, but uh, it really, you know, didn't, didn't need to be there because it... Okay, yeah, that that's interesting because, yeah, I, I really feel like what was in the movie is just that is the perfect amount of content like i can't think of anything i would want to cut out or add um from the movie it just felt very complete to me yeah um and i also just really liked how the ending went where things weren't necessarily like completely resolved like all of them still had growth to do um and they all still sort of uh had bore the scars of their trauma like those weren't fully healed yet um so the resolution is not necessarily like hey everyone's solved now and it was more of an ending where it was like this is the ending because this is where all the characters commit to doing better and to not only help it, not only doing better themselves, but also helping each other do better um, as a group and sort of healing as one unit, um, as exemplified by Shoya finally, like, uh, finally, like, paying attention to the world around him and opening and and letting himself hear because that's kind of the interesting parallel where you have one character who like is desperate to acknowledge people and be with people and listen to their problems who is deaf paired with another person whose hearing is perfectly fine but wants to not use it, wants to isolate himself so he doesn't hear. He, he wants to he wants to sort of make himself like emotionally deaf. Uh, yeah, they, it's a really clever it's a really clever parallel that they play with. Well, yeah, the the movie uses which actually this is in the original manga too. Uh Oh yeah, manga came out to the, X's. the manga was originally seven volumes, uh, which kind of amazing that they distilled a seven volumes of manga into a movie. Like, yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but okay, but the uh, but yeah, the like the device they the device they used to sort of kind of get you to show you his head about you know his isolation was that from when. All you think, like, when it's sort of focusing on his point of view, like, all the faces of the people that he doesn't want to face are X'd out. Yeah. And, and like, when he sort of acknowledges and acknowledges someone and is, like, willing to face them, uh, then the X peels off them. I thought it was a really neat, it was a really neat device. Yeah, it's very on the nose, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a, a really good way of doing it. Um because it it kind of makes made sense that a high schooler would have that sort of like 
it's on the nose in a way that makes sense for a high schooler, you know? Like, of course, that's how he views the world. He's like 16. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things to say about it because I feel like there is more and then uh, and that I'm just completely falling flat well, on my ability to analyze this movie. I, I thought the throw-in was the little sister, Shoko's little sister, who, uh, oh, who, ended up, yeah. who ended up initially saying, no, I'm her boyfriend. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yuzuru is really good. Yeah. Yuzuru is really good. And, uh, uh, user's voice actress was actually using her normal speaking voice, which I kind of found amazing because normally she sounds like a frog. <laughs> oh wait, she's she's froppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's real good. That's, that's froppy's. That's froppy's normal. I watched the dub. Uh, oh, I watched the sub. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. How, how I, was the I, dub? I, I, I got burned out on bad dubs a long time ago. I, I'll listen to the voice, vocal inflections in Japanese and then figure out what I just listened to. Yeah, there was one, yeah, one bit where the dub, where the, yeah, it was kind of unavoidable, like, uh, where the dub fell short, just just because it, it was unavoidable because it, it deals with a feature of Japanese that is not present in English. And it was the bit where, the bit where Shoko tries to confess, confess to Shoya. Um, oh, right. Uh, and, because, yeah, Ski and Tsuki. Yeah, all right. And, and, you know, and, yeah, because, yeah, because she's deaf, like, her voice, her, her voice doesn't work right. So, yeah. so, uh, you know, so, so Shoya can't understand what she's trying to say. Uh, and so she gets home and hits the bed, kicking the pillow, and texts her sister. I tried to tell him I loved him, but he didn't understand a word I was saying. Yeah. That scene was fantastic. Yeah. As was Yuzuru's reaction to realizing, like, when when she asked when she asked Shoya, like, what Shoko said to him, and she realized what the misunderstanding was, mm-hmm. she does that, like, she like tries to stifle the laugh and ends up snorting. <laughs> that was such a good reaction. Um, Sis, I can't believe them. Uh... Th- there's a lot of like really adorable moments where it combine, like where it just so deftly shifts between, um, like melancholy and glee and wistfulness and heartache uh sometimes come like combining all of those in a like ever shifting kind of soup it's i really can't say enough good things about it yeah i just somewhere along the line i was kind of hoping but i'm pretty sure that uh The staying together forever lines and everything else was pretty much telling each other that they were in love with each other. But I was kind of hoping that somewhere along the line there would be a mutual, non-forced, spontaneous confession between the two of them. Oh yeah, yeah. I can I can see wanting that, and I'd be lying if 
a part of me also didn't want that. But also I think the choice they made to just make that like an implied conclusion and have the actual con- con- have the actual end of the movie be what it was um, was also a good choice. So I'm going to give this movie a five. You are, huh? Can I give it a six? Kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the other thing it's interesting about this movie mm-hmm. is, uh, oh, I think I should wait till, uh, uh Dust, Dusty Dust, gets back. He's, uh, yeah, da, 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 da. Okay, sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, so, he gave yeah. it a five. I said I wanted to give it a six. Kidding. Uh, right. I will also very easily give it a five. Right. And I think you had some other stuff you want to say. You're right. right. Uh, and then with uh, Shoko's character is that, you know, like, yeah, from the outside, it's like she seems to be this just like, you know, basically a saint, except it's clear that she's not, you know, and... Yeah. And what's interesting is how they invert that character type, where she's not really... She's not saying sorry and, like, getting along necessarily because she's just, you know, oh, she's just that innocent and pure... Um, and, you know, as, as you said, saintly, she's doing it because she is that desperate for people to validate her existence because she herself cannot, she herself cannot bring herself to love herself. Wow. I just messed up that sentence real bad. Uh, um, <laughs> right. And she, she, yeah. She can't muster any love for herself is probably the better way to structure that. <laughs> yeah, it, and the yeah, and the thing is that she's sort of, you know, I mean, she's sort of kind of internalized all like the bad things that people said about her. Yeah, uh, and you know, so her, so her, you know, so her like constantly apologizing to people comes from a place of real pain. Well, real pain is yeah. the easiest thing for her to say quickly. I'm sorry. Yeah, and like if she doesn't confront them, if she doesn't lash out, uh, if she doesn't, you know, if she doesn't justifiably lash out, um, or if she doesn't, not then, then maybe they will continue to acknowledge her, and eventually, like, you know, uh, eventually she will find a place in their friend group or at least, you know, be able to still interact with them. Um, and like the only reason she doesn't continue to, uh, put up with the, uh, bullying at the elementary school is because like, they just straight up can't afford it anymore because Shoya keeps throwing out her hearing aids. Yeah. And, I guarantee you, hearing aids ain't cheap. 
Well, I think when um, she finally gets mad, knocks him over, sits on top of him, and beats him the best that she can with what... And I think that's when she tried to get her message through the best. It's like, idiot. Yeah. Um, that was also a really good scene. Uh, it's also like Shoya at his lowest point um, in terms of a person. Uh, it's it's honestly one of the most impressive things that this show does is making Shoya look like an absolute monster in the first like 10 minutes or so and then turning him into like someone you can root for um but anyway yeah so that's that's all i have to say about a silent voice it's extremely good if you haven't watched it please do yeah (laughs) it was actually it was um surprising uh i mean i'd read some of the uh uh reviews sort of and it's like okay this ought to be well yeah bully okay bullying movie bully movie well guess what it is and it's not yeah it's 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 a lot more nuanced than it seems like it will be at first um yeah, so that'll be it for uh, this episode of BakaCast. Kind of took it a little easy uh, this time. Um, Insanity to a minute. So for, yeah, so for our next recording, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we will be doing the first six episodes of Planet With, uh, as well as watching In This Corner of the World. Apparently, apparently my dogs are getting into mischief. Anyway, and uh, and for me, it's dinner time. Yeah. Um. So we will uh, we'll uh, say goodbye for now. So uh, Ben can eat dinner, and uh, I can also eat dinner and also get some chores done. So uh, my parents stop interrupting my anime recording. Thanks, <laughs> Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh-huh. well, nice gonna, timing, are dude. You're gonna have fun editing um, that one out. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, so we're gonna do so the yeah. first six of you know, first six episodes of Planet with. I'll get it out. And uh, which movie was that again? In this corner of the world. Uh, is that what I got? I'm uh, pretty sure. Yeah, in this corner of the world. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, yes. I have to bring up my notes because, unlike <laughs> you young people with memories, uh, us old folks got to look at notes. Yeah, and uh, by that point, I believe, uh, yeah, because that'll be two weeks from now. So Aaron and I will have seen uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, so we'll probably just quickly discuss that too. Uh, oh yeah, I actually, um, I need to. I should watch that movie. When it comes out, should. yeah, I think so. It's been getting extremely good reviews so far. Yeah, um, looks very good. Uh, so yeah, expect expect Aaron and I to talk about that on the next recording as well. Um, All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can find show. show notes at www.projecttarhi.net or at audioentropy.com. You can follow me on Twitter at stilts the GM. You can follow me on Twitter at Death Slinky. 
And if you follow me you too can't close, follow, you'll hit the car. Uh, uh, you can't uh, follow uh, any. You can't follow Aaron anywhere because he prefers not to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it harder for him to kill you. <laughs> uh, anyway, that'll be it. And Ben, Dustin, three, two, one. Kiddush. Ta-ta, y'all.